Welcome to Success in Medicine. I'm Dr. Samir Desai. Students considering attending medical school in the Caribbean have tough choices to make. We often receive emails at our website, thesuccessfulmatch.com, from students having to make these tough choices. And they ask us a variety of questions. Among the difficult questions we are asked to answer include the following. Which one of the many schools in the Caribbean should I attend? What is the quality of the preclinical education and how will it ready me for the USMLE exams? Where can students do their clinical rotations and will these rotations provide me with an experience that is comparable to what US medical students have? And how do graduates of the school do with respect to residency placement in the US? In this episode, we'll answer those questions as it relates to the Ross University School of Medicine. And who better to answer those questions than a recent Ross graduate? I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Nitin Natwa, who graduated from Ross in 2014. He's now a family medicine resident at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Nitin, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to start off by just uh, asking you uh, to tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Dr. Sai, for having me. Uh, so first of all, I'm born and raised in Michigan. Um, you know, I went to college in Michigan as well. I graduated from Michigan State. And, um, you know, I've been around the country a little bit aside from that. But uh, the majority of my life has been spent in the Midwest. I've had a little bit of experience living in some bigger cities like New York, London, D.C., um, so I consider myself a little bit well-rounded. I ended up going to medical school at Ross University in the Caribbean, and I'm currently wrapping up my final year of family medicine residency at Western Michigan University. Well, that's great, Nathan. Uh, thank you for giving us that background, and I want to talk to you a bit about uh, students who are considering attending medical school in the Caribbean. And uh, you know how hard it can be for students to decide which school is best for them because they have so many choices in the Caribbean. And in fact, there are over 60 medical schools over there. So how did you decide that Ross was the best choice for you? So that choice was actually relatively, relatively easy for me. And the reasoning behind that is because I had three older cousins that attended Ross. And they were old at older than me to enough of a degree that they had actually finished residency, two of them, and the third one was currently doing residency. And they had um, gone into pretty successful fields. Uh, one of them is currently an interventional cardiologist. The other one's a bariatric surgeon. And the third one is a pain anesthesiologist. So these, uh, these fields are relatively competitive. And my cousins were pretty similar to me in terms of how they had done previously. So um, based on that uh, experience, their opinion, that was kind of what made up my mind. I know a lot of people might not have uh, older siblings that had gone there, older families. So some other factors that would probably play a part was that it was approved in all 50 states uh, for rotations, which a lot of the medical schools in the Caribbean um, Sometimes they aren't approved in states like California or Texas or New York, so that was a pretty big big deal to me as, as well. And um, finally, Ross is unique from a lot of these schools in the type of island that it's set on. It's in a very 
rural setting as opposed to the typical very tourist, lots of things to do uh, kind of vacation island. Well, Nathan, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you about the island of Dominica. So that's, you know, where Ross is. So what was it like to, to live on the island? So I guess to set up the framework for it, it's it's on a list of the least visited countries in the world. So that kind of uh, lets the person know how developed on a scale of 1 to 10 it is. Um, aside from the medical school, I believe it's major – its major export is banana plants, and that's one of its major money-making uh, products that they send out. It's it's a very beautiful country, um, but it's a very natural type of beauty. When I was actually flying into it for the first time, it's very similar to that opening scene in Jurassic Park where they fly into that island. It's um, it's just a lot of green, and um, and that's kind of the majority of the island. I don't want you to get the impression that the university itself is underdeveloped. Those facilities are basically like they transplanted uh, buildings out of America. The campus has electricity, running water, uh, some restaurants on it, and they do housing through the local population there. And those facilities are pretty equivalent to, I would say, dormitories or small apartments in a normal city. But on average, most of the island is uh, I would say, a relatively developing country. Well, that gives listeners an idea of what the island is like. And I know as someone who's traveled a lot and, and been to different places, you know how important it is to um, adjust to where you are. So I want to talk a little bit about students and, and how they adjust to uh, island living. So, you know, were there some students – that you encountered who had a harder time adjusting and living there? And, and if so, why did they have such a hard time? Yeah, that was definitely a situation that some students had to deal with and some of my friends. Uh, they actually ended up not not being able to acclimate as well there, and they ended up deciding to leave the university. And it wasn't necessarily because of grades for everyone or the difficulty of the coursework. It was because they weren't able to adapt to such a different type of environment. And uh, I just feel like it's, it should probably be made clear that Ross, that Ross is on the island of Dominica, and Dominica is not like um, a country that's similar to America. So it's not like going to, say, England or Canada where it's a different country, but everything relatively works the same way. Ross is a place where there isn't going to be a CVS. It'll be kind of a mom-and-pop store, and there won't be 18 types of shampoo. There'll be one type of shampoo. And uh, actually, I did I did go there about seven years ago now. So I did hear that they have put in a couple more mainstream uh, pharmacies and things like that. So what I might be saying might be a little bit dated, so take it with a little pinch of salt. But to any degree, it is definitely not as um, – it's just not as comfortable to live in if you're used to kind of normal amenities. So I want to talk a, a bit more about your preclinical years. I, I know that students um, attending Ross, you, you spend your preclinical years on the island before you leave to go elsewhere elsewhere for your clinical rotation. So can you tell us a little bit more about what your preclinical years were like? Yeah, so um, 
so my preclinical years I found very difficult. Um, I I thought that <clears throat> I I went into med school thinking that it was going to be probably the hardest thing that I had done up to this point in my life, and I think that that was a, a good mindset to have because that's the experience that I got. But because my expectations were about how difficult it was to be, I think I was able to prepare for the cor- for the for the rigorous coursework. Um, I think a lot of times people in their preclinical years, they, um, you know, there's a lot of concern about passing each semester, and you have to get acclimated to studying every day for pretty long periods of time, as opposed to waiting for maybe a couple weeks before the exam to kind of start going over the material in depth. Medical school is something where the first day of classes is the day that you have to start going into the material in depth. And that was something that I I learned pretty rapidly, and I think that that kind of helped in getting through those years. But uh, I think it is very important to have realistic expectations for the kind of path that you're going down and how difficult it's likely to be. So, so Nipin, when you look at your fellow students, your student body, and you look at how people performed as a you know preclinical student. Uh, I'm sure you saw your share of students there who were struggling academically. What do you think were the major reasons that uh, they struggled? So, in my opinion, <clears throat> and kind of when you look at the websites of uh, admission requirements and kind of MCAT scores, GPA, uh, Caribbean schools have less stringent requirements for admission. And I think that sometimes that gives off the misconception to people that Caribbean med schools have less stringent requirements for passing, whereas, in fact, it's the it's possibly the opposite of that. Um, when you're in a Caribbean med school, the you have to pass the exams, you have to pass the courses, and um, if you don't pass one time, they they you'll still get another chance to pass these courses, but. If you have multiple fails on courses, most of the more notable Caribbean med schools will have a policy that you will be excused from the school and made to either try and get admission at a different Caribbean med school or possibly just uh, try and find a different career path. So I think that it's important that it's um, that the people who are thinking about going to the Caribbean realize that although um, it might be slightly easier to get into these schools. It's still a very, it's still the same cost to attend med school, so it's a pretty high investment. So you have to be committed to kind of putting in this effort because there's a, there's a little bit of risk involved. So you have to kind of be all in on it. Well, you know, one of the things that students look at when they're deciding which school in the Caribbean is the right school for them, is they're trying to figure out, you know, will the school provide me an optimal environment and will they provide the support that I need to score well on the USMLE exam? And I know that's a major concern for students who are considering attending med school in the Caribbean. So how does Ross support its students in this very, very important area? So, yeah, uh, the main barometer that residencies seem to have to monitor uh, the qualifications of Caribbean med students is their USMLE scores. So, yeah, it is a, it is very important to do well on those. And that is one area that uh, Ross does do pretty well at, I would say. Um, they 
they allow you to take as much time between your rotations as you want, really, to prepare for these step exams. Um, there is, I've noticed that most people who are successful on these exams usually set aside about four to six weeks, maybe a little bit longer than that, and just kind of buckle down and study exclusively for that exam. And they appear to do better than the kids who take two to three months, even longer than that, to kind of just study. And I think it's kind of the more uh, pressure on that shorter time period and the more intensive studying is a little more beneficial than the more drawn out, maybe less intense studying. But in terms of Ross themselves, they do allow the students to take time to study for step one and step two. And I think that is a benefit, actually, that over U.S. medical schools, as um, I believe that they offer significantly kind of less time, and they seem to make their students do it while they're enrolled in rotations, which is one of the major differences I noticed between Ross and a U.S. med school. Another attractive feature about Ross is the number of clinical sites where students can do rotations. Where did you do your clinical rotations, and how did you make that decision as a Ross student? So I, <clears throat> so I'd had some friends who were in a sem couple semesters above me, and um, they had given me their recommendations on what they had thought uh, were very useful rotations, where they found helpful attendings, helpful residents, and where they thought that you really got an immersive experience in the rotation, and you kind of felt like you were being treated like a resident because the most um, the best way to learn in the hospital is to be treated like you're working in the hospital. And one of the other great things about Ross is that they do have rotations that are set up all over the country uh, in both rural and large cities. So depending on if you want to practice more in a big city or if you're interested in rural medicine, uh, you have options to go to many of these places. I chose to do my rotations majority in uh, New York City and, <clears throat> and in Chicago. And I used, I chose those locations once again based on the positive feedback I heard about those specific hospitals. One concern that students have with respect to attending foreign medical schools is the school's track record with placing their graduates into residency programs in the U.S. So how do law students do overall in the residency match? So in terms of um, the overall match rates, I believe that they that they've posted up um, kind of how many how many students they match per year. It's a little bit hard to gauge that percentage versus the overall class sizes because there are students that remediate and drop into another semester, and then some that start out that might not be included in the overall year year total, depending on if they slipped from the end of one semester's year to the beginning of the next year. But based on my experience. Uh, the majority of my, I actually can think of very few individuals who did not match that made it through the preclinical years. Uh, and I think that Ross does really prepare you pretty well for, uh, for residency. And um, I think that as long as I didn't see anyone that kind of put in the work past their semesters, past the comp, did well in the USMLEs. I can't think of one case that didn't end up matching residency out of the people that I knew at Ross. Well, that's great to know. And um, I want to ask you, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners uh, considering Ross as a medical school? 
Um, like I said before, med school is a, is a very big investment. So I think that people should think it through very thoroughly. And um, there's usually something in someone's application that's kind of preventing them from maybe getting the interviews that they want and uh, maybe kind of going going the route that they want to go for medical school. And if they have good MCAT scores, but they don't have a great GPA, or they have a great GPA and they don't have good MCAT scores, I think that those are the kind of people that should definitely look into the Caribbean because they seem to have shown the drive and the intelligence, and they just might not have might not have succeeded in a way that they that they that would make um, a U.S. medical school more of a viable option. And I think that those are the kids that do very well in the Caribbean because they're motivated to work much harder than they had worked before. They're motivated to do much better, and they end up matching great residencies. So those are the people that I think that um, Ross would be a great school to look into. Nathan, I want to thank you again. This was uh, fantastic, really great information. I'm sure our listeners who are uh, considering where they want to go, whether to attend medical school in the Caribbean and which school to attend, will find this very, very informative, very, very useful. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Soon we'll have Nitin come back to talk to us about life as a family medicine resident. In upcoming episodes, we'll interview graduates of other Caribbean medical schools. We hope that these interviews will address some of the concerns and questions you have as you make these difficult decisions. Until next time, I'm Dr. Samir Desai.